But he got all holier than thou and said, well, that makes my family upset. Well, it's like, hey, you know what, Jim? You having sex with a shark probably makes your family upset. I'm sorry. <laughs> you make better choices and we won't make fun of you for it. That's all I'm saying. Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, a stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Nathan. And I'm Justin. And today we're going to talk about the beautiful week that was, or weekend that was, um, in the in UGA's dominating 42-7 to win against the worst team in the world. It was a really good time, wasn't it? It was, from start to finish, an amazing transcendental experience. I really have no words about it that aren't... like the. Every, everything I could say about this about this weekend, you could basically take it out of like a Walt Whitman poem and just replace it with lyrics or whatever. Lines, not lyrics. Lines, what am I saying? yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I was thinking about Song of Myself, so lyrics kind of works there. So um, do you want to get into this? Yeah, let's get into this. Let's get right into this. So, so. let's talk about our experiences. What, what was your experience? I haven't talked to you about this. I'm actually excited to hear. No, yeah. Um, so this Saturday was the Wild Rampers Parade. Which, uh, my, my Saturday was perfect because during this weekend, during Florida weekend, Athens is kind of a ghost town because it's fall break, Florida game, and uh, the townies come out to play during this weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've been to the last few Florida games, so I guess, I don't know. I've never been to the Wild Rumpus because I've either been not living in Athens or have gone to the Florida game since 2006. Yeah, so it was a wonderful time. But uh, my day flowed perfectly. I, I woke up really early, went to work, and there was a 5K at the brewery. And then it got off 30 minutes before kickoff, sat down, and started watching the game. And then we scored 21 points. And then pretty much my whole world was just fine. It was all kind of turned upside down. And I, I was very much still watching the game, but I was able to enjoy so many more things about Saturday in Athens. <laughs> because... Yeah. I was just so comfortable. I wasn't worried at all. I was like, huh, this is a crazy thing that's happening right now. But it was wonderful. We, I, I watched the game. I, I wrote down, I watched the game for all of six minutes because I want to say it was it was pretty early in the first quarter that we went up. Yeah, I think we were up 21 nothing with seven minutes and 32 seconds left, left in, in the, the first quarter. Yeah. yeah. So that was really fantastic. And then Anna was there the whole time, which was really awesome. Um, it was raining in Athens, so the rumpus ended up starting later. And for those of you who aren't aware of what the rumpus is, it's a big Halloween parade, kind of based off uh, where the wild things are, uh, with that whole let the wild rumpus begin thing with the monsters. And that um, is um, that is the most. It's also the most Athens thing you could possibly it's think so of. So Athens, and if you have a costume, you get to march in the parade essentially. Um, but I was Terry from Reno Nine One One. That's. <laughs> pretty impressive it was a really great time i had very short shorts uh tiny shirt and i can roller skate because i used to coach the roller derby team and so um just a man of many talents i do a few things so that was really great i only fell once uh because water and pavement are two of roller skates least favorite things um you'll notice i'm not talking a lot about the georgia game because it was the least of my worries this day <laughs> it was so perfect and it could not have gone any better. And we'll we'll talk about a very statsy after we get through uh, your experience. You had an awesome experience, though. Yeah, I did. I um I was very concerned with the Georgia game because I am like a worrying mother mm-hmm. every time Georgia plays. But yeah, it was, it really was honestly the best 
I mean, it was it was one of the better experiences I've ever had at a Georgia game, like Florida game, non-Florida game, whatever. It doesn't matter. I was able to go down there with Samantha. Um, my wife has never... She's been... We've gone to the Florida game before together, but we've never... Uh, she's never gone with us when we were doing the band thing, like, you know, as a, as a member of the band's traveling party. So we were able to drive down there separately with one of our friends who's also on staff, and that was a super fun time just to catch up with her. And then, you know, we got some really good seafood the first day. Um, we just had a really relaxing evening, hanging out. Not really much to talk about just because the day before I tried to just kind of like, I was, I was honestly treating it like I was getting ready for the game. Cause like, I thought we were going to win, but I did feel like I had to justify the thought that I knew that I thought we were going to win the whole day. So I was like sitting there in my hotel room before the Georgia game or before the game, like Saturday night, just like reading over stats and stuff and being like, okay, here's what I'm going to quote at people. If they ask me, um, I'm a very interesting person. So <laughs> When we got to the game, it was really cool because in the past, um, the you know when the band goes, we usually have reserved seats for the staff somewhere, but usually it's just like stuck inside of the band and or at the top or just kind of like we just stand in the aisles and hope that nobody says anything about the fire marshal or whatever. So uh, this time they reserved two rows for us and I saw on the diagram they sent out, I was like, oh, look, we get the top two rows right next to the band. That's awesome. And so Samantha and I walked up there and somebody was like, no, 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 we get the front two rows beside of the band. So we ended up on the front row, like right in front of Georgia's end zone, like just in front of like literally we had front row seats. We was, it was us and then a divider and then the field. It was like, you know, five or six feet to the back end of the end zone. Like, in fact, um, when J.R. Reed uh, had the fumble recovery for the touchdown, he was mm-hmm. running like towards us. <laughs> and he pointed up to you up and he said the... nathan your stats they helped me <laughs> they got me here to where they, i am today yeah i was i was just a tulsa boy and now here i am um no <laughs> that did not happen that would have been nice anyway so um we did a really i thought we had a really good game um in terms of the band stuff the band really came to play they sounded really great they performed a really good show really active and loud the whole year uh or the whole well they have been the whole year but the whole of the game sounded really great on tv which is like they usually sound really good on TV, but sometimes they do a lot better job in the production um, booth of getting th- of getting the band sound to be processed correctly, so it doesn't sound like we're overplaying or like that we're not there. And so they do a really good job. And I think CBS is actually one of the best of that, actually. But as for the game, it's really interesting because when I watch the game, I am in a very um, trance-like state. Yeah, trance-like state. Um, there's a very funny picture of me from the Notre Dame game where I look like someone just stole my dog. <laughs> Um, and there's like two of the band kids in front of me smiling and posing for the picture and I'm behind them and I look so angry and I don't even think I was angry that's just what my face looks like <laughs> seriously like yeah it's just, you're, yeah you just kind of have a face like that like yeah. someone stole your dog I'm just like I might have to kill this guy and everybody thinks that about me all the time anyway it so, doesn't help that you're also seven feet tall I'm not quite seven no yeah. you're just you're just I'm a big six dude. and a half feet tall yeah you look like so, you do some damage yeah so I was sitting there standing. I realized it was getting ridiculous. We were seven minutes in and I was still nervous from the beginning of the game and we were up 21 to nothing. And I'm sitting there and there was like a little, there's like a rail in front of me, like right at hip height. And I'm just like white knuckling on this thing. And Samantha's like, hey, we're up, we're up 21 to nothing. You can like, it's all right, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I know I just can't, I got to stay focused. And it was just like, <laughs> I got to do it for the dogs. It was really, when we, when we got up by, when we scored, so, you know, we kind of had a lull in the second half or in the second quarter, but when we went up by 28, that was when I was just like, 
oh yeah i can just like enjoy this like, i can I just chill now to, yeah i'm just at a football game yeah i could just like have a good time and in in a lot of ways it was one of the best games i've ever it was one of the funnest games i've ever experienced even though it was never really in doubt just because like i stopped being analytical nathan and i was just kind of like yeah i'm just gonna yell and <laughs> i've still got all this crap in my throat because i yelled so much i just basically lost my voice but yeah, I, I mean, it was, you know, experientially, experientially, it was perfect. Like, it had been hot all morning, and then right at the beginning of, like, the pregame festivities, uh, cloud cover rolled in, and then right as the sun went down across the stadium from us, uh, the clouds broke, and it was just this beautiful sunset, and I took one of my favorite pictures ever, which has the 42 to nothing score on it <laughs> in the background, but also has this beautiful sunset, and it was just like... You know, the the sun's majesty and Florida pain, two of the most transcendentally beautiful things in the world together as one. And it, it, was re- it was really awesome. And just watching them turn, when we went up 35 to nothing, I was telling you this before we recorded, but when uh-huh. we went up 35 to nothing, you got the whole streams of people walking out of the game thing on the Florida fan side. Yes. And it was so awesome. And the best part was that, like, in the fourth quarter, like, there just were, there were no... Like when they did, they do this thing called We Are the Boys. And when they did it, they were just not, they do this thing where they like sway back and forth. (laughs) Yeah. And there just weren't enough people to like create the effect. And then we played Krypton and like the whole, our half of the stadium was full. And even at the very end when it just started to thin out, it was enough to like pretty much line the first few rows of the lower bowl. And then afterwards, like the players ran around and like high fived all the way around to the people who had stayed. And since we were on the first row, we got high fives from like half the freaking team and then Kirby Smart, he did his little like Mario jump, like right, at, like literally <laughs> right in front of us. And I have this really funny picture of him just like gallivanting around like a lost puppy. Mm. And that, so it was, it was really an amazing experience the whole time. Um, and I, and I, you know, I just could not recommend it enough. Just <laughs> you should do it too. Yeah, you know, if you, you have the chance also. to watch the the destruction of the of your enemies and the lamentations of their women and laugh at them, I. I I highly recommend it. So I want to bring attention to um, when you were, were you were kind of building this picture of uh, this imagery of you white knuckling the the railing, and that Sam had to come up and say like, "Hey, we're up like twenty one nothing. It's going to be okay." That picture in my mind is so clear because I feel like that interaction happens so often that I even know what Sam probably said in that moment. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, "Hey, buddy, buddy." Yeah, <laughs> no, and she so grabbed great. my she grabbed my um, bicep. And whenever she grabs like my tricep bicep area from behind, what that means is like, I'm about to treat you like a child if you don't get your crap together. <laughs> but I think this time it kind of just meant like, hey, you don't have to have like a stroke about this. You don't yeah, have to. It's going to be all right. And it was, you know, oh, I forgot to talk, talk about this. I guess there. So there are two other people on staff on the TA staff, which is I'm not a TA, but I'm on that level of staff with the TAs that are just basically my age and have been in Redcoats as long as me. And I and it, it was uh the girl who works the, with the flutes and one of the color guard girls. And I remember us just looking at each other and it was like, we just looked shocked. Yeah. Just astonished. And it was like, this doesn't happen. You know, we, we grew up within the Tim Tebow era. Hmm. Like my second year was the celebration. And then my third and fourth years were just us getting our butts kicked and fifth year. Um, and so we just kept looking at each other like, when is the other shoe going to drop? And that was what was crazy is that the shoe never dropped. There like, was no shoe. Yeah, that was it. We just beat the crap out of them, and then we left. <laughs> like that was the. <laughs> See ya. We got we 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 walked into the stadium. Our team totally manhandled them and embarrassed them. Made their team quit, and then we left. That was it. That was that was the whole thing. So yeah, that was my experience. 
Such a good time. Um, let's get into some of these beautiful integers. Real nitty gritty. These beautiful numbers. Let's look at the game from start to finish with uh, Georgia versus Florida. Looking just at the numbers without even the score, you can kind of see, and we're looking at uh, Bill Connolly's uh, Football Study Hall Advanced Stats box score right now on SB Nation, so you can follow on at home. But just looking at these numbers right here, um, you, you kind of look at it without knowing the score at the end of the game, and you're like, huh. It's kind of weird. It doesn't look like much. It doesn't look like as much of a beatdown as it was, but then you kind of really get into it and you start to see things like um, how we had 73% success rate in the first quarter and Florida had 17. And then the rest of the game, we were just kind of meandering in, in the 25 to 35 range, but it's just because we didn't have to be successful. <laughs> yeah. No, and, you know, flip over to our stats report here. Yeah. I think it's really interesting if you just look at the first page and you take the names off of the general stats. So, like, they had more first downs than us. Yeah. They were more fi- – well, no, they were less efficient on third down. But they had more first downs. They had almost twice the time of possession. Yeah. They had, you know, they had only one more uh, turnover than us. This looks like a closer game than it is. 10 for 25, right? If you don't look at the raw uh, the raw yardage numbers, it looks like a pretty close game. But what I think is really telling is if we look at the five, the five factors box score mm-hmm. um, and we look at yards per play – Florida 3.77, UGA 9.36. And then if we look in po- at points per trip, so they had three point or they had three trips inside the 40, points per trip of 2.33. We had five trips inside the 40, points per trip of seven. If we if we if we snapped the ball inside of their 40, we were getting a touchdown. Yeah. That Which, is insane. Go back to what I find really fascinating was the um it was what was the very first part the yards per play yeah um uh, read those yards per play one more time yeah so two point or three point seven seven for florida and nine point three six for georgia and what's astonishing about that is nathan only touched on the fact that florida had almost twice as much possession time as we did but lo- really looking at it, florida held the ball for almost 35 minutes we held it for 25 and we still managed to have 9.36 yards per play as opposed to their 3.77 and and just for the record we beat them 42 to 7 and we ran 42 plays. Yeah. We ran 42 plays, Pete, or Justin, 42. Yeah. As opposed to what was what did we run with our Missouri game? It was almost like 80 plays. Yeah, and they ran, they ran 66 plays to our 42. They they had fewer scoring opportunities. They had fewer yards in the same number of possessions. And then if you look at our ISO PPP, and I mean, I, I don't really have a lot to say about Florida other than I just don't think they're that good. And we can talk about this more in our takeaways, but I just, I, they're just not that good. I mean, they, they were, they really missed their inside linebackers from last year. I think, um, Alex Anzalone, uh, and there was one other, I forget what his name was, but they, they have two inside linebackers that went to the NFL and you could just really tell their run fits were just bad. They just were getting blocked out of place a lot. And that led to three touchdowns and then it didn't matter. Um, but I'm just like really like when I sat down, when I I watched the game and then I sat down and looked at these numbers and it it just really astonished me that like, there's no way to parse this as anything than just a beat down. Oh yeah. It was from start to finish a beat down and diving into those ISO PPP numbers a bit more for you. um, I was just looking at the national average as opposed to what both teams did. For instance, say just standard downs. This is my favorite one uh, of all the ISO PPPs and it breaks it down between rushing, passing, uh, standard downs and pass downs, but under standard downs specifically, Georgia had an ISO PPP of 2.34 to Florida's 0.61. The national average <laughs> for that is 1.06. Yeah. There's like yeah. 
uh, more than national average. Is yeah, what I, was putting out. I really love that standard down ISOQPP because what that tells me is that we didn't have to get that deep into our playbook. No. We ran like this ISO double team like trap thing where we would double team their like five technique tackle with a center and a guard and like three times the linebacker just ran into the double team and we had a big game like that just kept happening like and what's crazy is that i feel like our offensive playbook really just looked like the georgia of old it was like hey just run the ball run the ball just see what happens but that's the thing is like that's all we needed to do if if you have better players and you can execute and you have a good plan game plan for what running the ball looks like yeah then do it yeah (laughs) why not do it like it doesn't matter like they're they 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 had no answer there's no reason to show any more of our playbook than we already have yeah at this point because we're just winning games consistently auburn's not going to know what to look for when we come out on the field with these random plays they haven't seen all year same thing with alabama when we hopefully see them on the second of december um, the only way we they we would not be playing Alabama at this point in December is if something catastrophic happened. Like for McGarity came out and he was like, you know what? I don't really like football that much. It yeah. just shuts down the program. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't think, I don't know. I really can't imagine. Um, I cannot imagine that. I think we could lose another game. We could talk about more of this more in our preview. I definitely think we have some losable games. I think we could lose South Carolina. I don't think we are. I'm just saying. Like, it's within the realm of possibility that we yeah. could lose to South Carolina. It's sure. within the realm of possibility that we could lose to Georgia Tech or to Auburn or both. It just it feels like that this is the kind of team that is not going to do that. And I think that's a really good segue into um, just talking about what our takeaways from this game are, big picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have any other, like, stats you want to point out? Oh, yeah, I have one more, actually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I have one more, yeah. We, Go ahead. We, we can't I, – I all caps this, and we can't, we can't run over it. Okay. This – Oh, this makes me so happy. Okay, line yards per carry, 3.01. Above the national average, that's good. We, we, we're not as good as Florida, though. Right? Uh, they had 3.91. They were really gashing us there in the third, in the second there for a minute. So that's, like, not great. So opportunity rate, 37. That's right about average. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Those are both just basically average. Highlight yards per opportunity. Mm-hmm. So just to make sure that everyone at home is knows what that means, highlight yards per opportunity are... When a ball, when a ball carrier gets the ball more than five yards past the, he, you know, when a ball carrier goes past the offensive lines, like sphere of influence, basically like when a ball carrier um, gets to the point where the offensive line is no longer helping him, how many extra yards does he get? So for instance, um, Florida, that number was 5.19, which is about average. The uh, national average is 5.23, right? So their big runs, they averaged about um, nine yards on their bigger runs. Um, that number for UGA today was uh, 14.36. Dude. <laughs> Dude, I almost oh. just crapped my pants. Like, okay, hold on. Let me just give you some comparison here. So, like, for the year, rushing-wise, UGA, their highlight yards for opportunity, uh, 5.8 for Nick Chubb, 10.1 for Sonny Michelle, 1.7 for Brian Harrion, 8.3 for DeAndre Swift, 5.8 for Elijah Holyfield. So, this this game, we had a better... We had better long runs than any of our individual running backs had ever done to this point in the season, mm-hmm. you know, on average or whatever. And so what that meant is every time we had a long run, anytime a running back got the ball, like past the offensive line, he was going for 20 yards, basically. Yeah. That is staggering. Like that is a staggering number. And I think, you know, part of that has to do with what Florida was doing. They never had guys like five yards past the line of scrimmage. They were, they were either going to stop us or give up a big run, but like, you don't get to that point if you don't have like that's the exact same thing that they did last year and it worked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think the development that this uh, this offensive line has shown is really, really, really looks good for us going forward because 
you know, we're going to replace all the, we're going to place what three guys on our offensive line next year with dudes that were much higher rated than them that are a little bit younger, but that were five stars basically. Yeah. So that's like really, really exciting. Something to be excited about. Um, let's see. Uh, any other thing on the show notes I want to talk about? <laughs> I said 14.36 yards uh, per hit highlight yards per opportunity. That that defense had a family. Oh, um, <laughs> I thought we, we had really great uh, play calling because when we did score, we scored from long distance. And when we didn't score, we intentionally called conservative plays just to like burn the clock. And what's crazy is we had really high ISOPP numbers on standard down. So mm-hmm. what that tells me is that like when we like uh, the the guys on uh, shutdown full cast said that this game was like um, when two people are playing at Madden and one person is just doing ass Gruden, but they're just such a better <laughs> Madden player just keeps working. Yeah, it was like yeah we're gonna run up the middle. Okay, yeah that worked. Okay, yeah we're gonna throw a f- you know we're gonna throw a fade. Okay, yeah that worked. Okay, we're gonna throw like uh, a, a slant route. Okay, that worked. Okay, now we're gonna throw like a, a, a throw out to the back and the in the side. Okay, yeah, that worked. <laughs> and it was like everything we tried was just like it, you didn't even really have to like name the specific play. It was like okay, we're gonna run. Okay, it worked. Okay, we're gonna run again. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, we're gonna throw to Javon Wims. That didn't work either, or that did work. Okay, good. And it was like if you just do that enough, you're gonna get up by forty-two. Yeah. And I and actually uh, this isn't a stat, but man, that throw that he uh, from had to Javon Wims. Like uh, the for the touchdown was I think the best throw he's made all oh, year. It was gorgeous. it was it was yeah. in time. It was relaxed. It was perfect. That was the uh, what was it a fade over like across his body as well? Yeah, it was like, like a it was like a back shoulder fade route. Yeah, um, where he just threw it up where only for only Wims could get it, and he went up and got it, and it was beautiful. I also really enjoyed uh, while we're just talking about Jake Fromm passing the ball. I think I saw somewhere an article. Some Florida player was talking about how oh yeah. Anybody can throw a slant. Whatever. Chauncey Gardner? Yeah, Chauncey Gardner is saying that. And then I saw somebody tweet the other day that was like, I think it was actually um, one of our friends on Waiting Since Last Saturday said this. It was like, yeah, anybody can throw a slant to DeAndre Swift for a first down. And then <laughs> um, a Dude, touchdown. but at the end of that, no, it wasn't even a touchdown. It was that he they, we threw a slant to DeAndre Swift, right? And he DeAndre Swift took the slant and... Like just trucked Chauncey Gardner. That's what it was. Injured yeah. him, and then he's lying on the field injured after Ooh. a slant. I I remember this specifically now because I remember looking up and thinking that once again we killed somebody. Just like how uh, Nick Chubb. It, I still haven't heard what happened to that guy from Missouri. Who you, he just. Oh like, yeah, that was Sony Michelle. Here, yeah. watch this. Oh, it was Sony Michelle. You can. We can. We're gonna just watch this right now in real time. Because oh my god. Okay, good run. He's Boom. Yep. Nope. And, like, he's laying on the field injured as the play is happening. Like, that just happened to me. And then they That's showed not the even cuts. what I was thinking of. But there was one where it, it had to have been, it was either, I think it was Sony Michelle. He went for a run for, like, 15 or 20 yards and hit a guy. The guy just bounced off him. Sony Michelle got back up and he was like, what? 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 <laughs> just yeah, you're going to be, you're gonna have to be stronger than that, son. Yeah, that was, oh, God. And, you know, what I continue to be astonished by is, A, not only the athleticism in our running back core, but on top of that, just, like, we have very athletic running backs, but then also we have more very athletic running backs. And then we have more very athletic running backs coming in. And so it's yeah. just like this. Uh, we're losing two of the best running backs to ever play at, at Georgia. And we're replacing them with two running backs that are as talented as they are. And then two more, the first and third best running backs in the prospects in the country. Yeah, I know. That's crazy, man. Okay, so let's let's talk about big picture takeaway, takeaways. What was your What was your takeaway from this game? Uh, my big takeaway that I, uh, I, I tacked on to the bottom there was that 
Um, a lot of people were talking about Jake Fromm's performance. They were really worried about him only throwing four completions out of uh, seven attempts. But really, looking down at the numbers, you have no reason to be worried at this point. Looking at our how well we did on standard downs, there's no reason to pass. We never got in a third and out situation. Um, being up 21 points midway into the first quarter allowed us to just kind of coast into victory on the coattails of our defense at this yep. point. And we just kind of played a conservative game. We've touched on it so many times that this was just a complete dominating performance where we just kind of did what you kind of like look up what is good football in the dictionary and we just kind of did that yeah there was nothing fancy there were no frills we were just a better team from start to finish and it showed and there's no reason to be worried about jake from because if we've learned anything this year it's that we're not going to show anything more than we have to at any given point in time and we're saving what we need for when we need it Yep. Those big games, like the Auburns and the Alabamas that are coming up very soon, that we're going to save what we have. Hopefully the Alabamas. Hopefully the Alabamas. We, I know that we got to beat South myself. Carolina. I know. We're going to talk about South Carolina next week when we finally see them, but um, which is so weird still that we're not playing them until the second weekend. I know. It's really bizarre. Okay. So here's my takeaway. And this, I'm going to I'm gonna quote Spencer Hall. And so this has a bad word in it. So I'm Uh-oh. sorry. Oh, geez. It has the A word in it. Sorry, guys. Spencer Hall was writing his top whatever column, um, which is actually what it's called. And he was talking about, um, he's talking about Georgia and he said, he's talking about how Georgia only threw seven passes. And he says, unless you're Navy or another triple option team, let me tell you what throwing seven times in a 42 to seven win means. It means that one team beat the other team's ass so badly. They didn't even have to get up off the couch to do it. It means Georgia (laughs) saw Florida getting Georgia's last beer out of the fridge and without really waking up, winged the remote across the house and into Florida's temple. <laughs> the remote control came flying back like the hammer of Thor, of course. You know, that's kind of, that is like, you know, it, it, that that's kind of her hyperbole, but that's basically what happened here. And what I was really, you know, after just reflecting on it and trying to get through, I, it's really hard for me to dig down to the bottom of my euphoria about this game and mm. think about it rationally, where when people were like, Nathan, how are you feeling about this? Like, you're so invested in this. Like, how do you feel about it? And I'm just like, uh, good because it's like i can't um yes i'm just happy like this is what i thought would happen and maybe not this much but this was like the best possible scenario i could come up with was Mm. what happened so i guess what i would say is it's been a long time since georgia played florida regardless of how talented the teams were or what the team's records were when you would rather have every single coach on georgia's sideline than any of the coaches on florida's and not only that like not just in a vacuum, but just based on the game, based on the body of work this season, but then also just based on what happened in the game, Georgia just outcoached Florida. They were the better coach team and they played better football. So they win or so they won. And so, and yeah, I know that's like, yeah, sure. Of course that's true. Thank you, John Madden. But really to me, <laughs> what I really think this is a team that is going to play up to its ability. And that doesn't mean they're going to go undefeated. And that doesn't mean that they're going to win the national championship. But to me, this is a team, I think eight games in, we're more than halfway through the season. We're, what, almost three quarter, three quarters of the way? We are three quarters of the way through the season yeah. right now. We can say this. This is a team that plays up to its ability. You know, they get out there and they play solid, basic football, and they just hit you and hit you and hit you until they win or until you give up. You know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. I mean, how long has it been that? How long has it been since we could say that about a team, not just in one game, but over the whole course of a season? Or how long has it been since we've been able to say that about a Georgia team playing a Florida team? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even those total butt whippings that we laid on them, that Aaron Murray laid on them a couple of times, or that we got during the 2007 game, 
you know, like they still had some life. We just played better. But this is a game where we were a better team and no amount of luck, no amount of flukes, no amount of weird play calls, nothing they did could get them close to us. And they didn't have the coaching staff to come up with those with a plan that would do it. And we just outplanned them, outplayed them and beat them up from beginning to end. And so it's like, I guess my biggest takeaway from this is like, this wasn't a fluke. If you play this game a hundred times, we probably win it, what, 90, 95 of those times. We were just better than they were. Yeah. I mean, how long has it been since you were able to say that? Like, not even from, and I'm not saying like statistically, I'm not saying, you know, from a standpoint of who's got the most recruiting stars. I'm not saying who has the better coach. I'm just saying like, if you put these two teams on the field, you put them in white and black helmets with no logos you would just look at our team and say, okay, yes, objectively, I would rather have that team than theirs. Yeah, that is the better team. And, you know, as someone who is fervently praying every night for the dissolution of the Florida football team <laughs> as an entity on this planet, this was certainly a good first step. This has been Chapel Bell Curve. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you can subscribe to a podcast. You can get in touch to in touch with us on Facebook by searching for Chapel Bell Curve by email at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com and on Twitter and Instagram at chapelbellcurve. Basically, just type Chapel Bell Curve and then whatever form of messaging you want to use, and we're probably on it. Also, go check out our new website. Well, it's not new, but whatever. ChapelBellCurve.com. Um, it's a hub for all of our content. I put up an initial reactions post. I put up a stats report, whatever. Um, you'll see some pictures of me. You'll get our Instagram feed, which I'm going crazy on. You'll get our Twitter feed, which I'm also going crazy on. Um, I've gotten to some troll fighting early, uh, <laughs> earlier this week, and that was really fun. So it was really good. Um, all of the just like crap talking that you expect from us and it's all very immature and very on brand uh if you enjoy oh you'll also find i think i threw up the sb nation article um red crake um from dog sports put us on the the morning dog bites the week before florida so yeah check that out too it's awesome anyway if you did if you enjoyed today's episode uh go leave us a rating and a review on itunes we really appreciate it it helps us so much with exposure and we will read it live on air and just talk about how good and awesome you are unless you talk crap about us and which I'll like show you the meaning of pain. Um, We'll catch you in the classic city next week and hopefully we'll see you around at a tailgate or something. But until then go dogs, Nathan, Nathan, what we didn't even touch on the fact that Jim McElwain got fired. Oh yeah. Jim McElwain got fired. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) That's it. That's all Nathan has to say because he's already felt everything he can feel. No, it's like, hold on. I'm going to just, I'm just going to quote a tweet of myself. This is, this is the tweet that started us. So I got into a trip. Uh, somebody retweeted me on Twitter uh, and then kind of like weirdly talked down to me and tried to like uh, poo poo me or whatever, uh, like as though she were my mother, which she looked like she was in her 20s. So she definitely wasn't. And I'm just going to read the quote that caused this like sort of holier than now sanctimonious Florida fan to say this or to respond to it this way. So here we go. This is a... Um, this is a dramatic reading of one of the, my favorite pieces of writing that I've ever created. <laughs> I've had erotic dreams involving the plot. UGA beats Florida so bad they fire their coach. So today is a good day. And I really have. Like every other times I've thought about, every, every time I've thought about this happening, it has felt to me like some sort of like shameful fantasy because it seems like it could never, ever, ever happen. And yet here we are in a world where it has. McIlwain didn't get fired because UGA beat him 42 to 7, but it sure as crap didn't help. Man. And you know, honestly, I would be upset about it. I would be upset that he got fired because it is a little ridiculous if he had just allowed us to make a little bit more fun about the fact that he had sex with a shark. (laughs) 
But he got all holier than thou and said, well, that makes my family upset. Well, it's like, hey, you know what, Jim? You having sex with the shark probably makes your family upset. I'm sorry. <laughs> you make better choices and we won't make fun of you for it. That's all I'm saying. So uh, this has been Chapel Bell Curve. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. And until next time, we'll catch you in the classic city. And until then, go, go dogs. dogs.